Hi everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Expert Answers from Inside Scientific. Inside Scientific is the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today we are joined by John Lighton. John is the President and Chief Scientist of Sable Systems International, a company known for their metabolic phenotyping systems. He's one of the world's leading experts in respirometry and associated techniques for making metabolic measurements in laboratory research applications. He is here to discuss the relevance of gustatory signals, specifically micro-intake events, and how to measure their outcome. Let's jump in. You talked about many components, and we've had some questions where there's a theme of modularity. So I think the best way to put it is researchers start with a subset of sensors and then somewhat build and progress into multiple units and multiple different measurement capabilities. Yeah, that's a very good question. The system is very specifically designed to be very easily expandable. All of the sensors are intelligent and daisy-chained, and so each sensor knows what it does. It has its calibrations built in, and you can simply daisy-chain additional sensors as needed. For example, you could start off with just food intake measurement, then add water intake measurement. You could add body mass down the road. You could add XYRA, and then... Eventually, if your research direction requires it, you can add metabolic measurement and so on. The number of cages, systems typically would start at about four cages, depending on the particular system, and can go all the way on up to as high as you wish. Okay, excellent. Second question actually goes back to the start of your presentation when you were talking about food intake, multiple hoppers, and then also, we had a question specifically about the potential of mice removing like feed pellets and then subsequently chewing on them in the cage environment. Now, you had mentioned that you have the ability to take micro events, and I'm assuming this kind of plays into the technology that allows you to make those very fine measurements. What features exist in the system uh, that make those micro events possible and actually maybe combat against that scenario that was asked about there, the you know removing of food from the hoppers? Well, the micro-intake events are separate from caching. Okay. So, for example, the micro-intake events are when the animal actually interacts with the hopper, uh, removes a very tiny amount of food, and then leaves the hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, caching is very difficult indeed to prevent. One of the only ways in which it's possible to diminish caching is to use powdered food. Nevertheless, it's, it's always going to be an issue. So in an attempt to address this, we have designed hoppers with different grill sizes so if people feel that they, the animals have unduly easy access to the food and are beginning to steal large fragments of pellets, they could go ahead and exchange the grill for something with a smaller spacing which makes it much more difficult to take anything substantial out and would require the mouse to essentially nibble at the food. But In all honesty, there is not going to be anything out there that is going to completely eliminate caching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The mice can be very determined that way. Okay. Just out of curiosity, are there other measurements that the system could could make in which, you know, a researcher could correlate other data to make at least a confident judgment about what's happening in that instance? Yeah, let's say, for example, hypothetically, if an animal were to, if an animal was in a cage with a fairly, with a, food hopper with a fairly wide grill spacing, then it's possible, for example, that the animal might be able to steal roughly maybe 100 milligrams or so of a food pellet. Now, you'd immediately be able to detect that caching event 
because you would see that the hopper mass would reduce suddenly by a much larger amount than would be the case during a conventional nibbling bout. So you can certainly distinguish the events in which the mouse has taken a substantial fragment of food from ones in which it's actually just been nibbling at the food. Mm -hmm. But then the other interesting thing that you can do, because the animal goes into the food, into the body mass habitat frequently, is if the animal has gone into the habitat, gone out, found a piece of cached food, and eaten that cached food and then goes back into the habitat, its mass will increase by the amount that it's eaten. And so if the animal has not visited the food hopper or the water dispenser, but its mass has suddenly and mysteriously increased, then that may mean a caching consumption event. So all of these various modalities of information can interplay to give you a much more complete picture of what the animal is up to. Perfect. That's a great response. Let's talk a little bit about, actually, well, two things. We've got some questions about water consumption. You know, I guess the, the main point on these questions, just to paraphrase them, is what concerns should someone have about evaporation and, in general, any water loss as it relates to how the Promethean system is measuring? Can you comment on that? Yes, absolutely. Well, evaporation naturally would be a problem if you were doing a fairly simple measurement of, say, the mass of the water hopper versus time. Now, we are measuring the mass of the water hopper versus time, but we are able to detect, of course, because the animal is interacting with the water dispenser, we're able to detect the moment it touches the water dispenser, we're able to follow it during the drinking episode, and then measure the mass of the water dispenser immediately after the mouse has left. Same goes for rats, of course. Mm -hmm. And so we have a stable mass prior to the beginning of the drinking session and a stable mass right after. And during that time, evaporation will be completely negligible. And so all of the measurements that the system makes in terms of mass are intrinsically differential. We're not, in other words, looking at the overall reduction in mass of the food hopper in order to calculate food intake, because we are separating that out into individual food intake events, which are differential in nature. Mm -hmm. and that means then that as the water vapor content of the air inside the cage changes, the amount of hydration bound to the food will also change, and thus the mass of the food itself will also change as well. And we pick that up. Mm -hmm. That change, as with the change in mass that you get from evaporation, that change is negligible over, say, a feeding episode, or in the case of water, over a drinking episode. Okay. That's great. Thank you. And actually, yeah, I'm going to move basically onto another feature, and that is the, what you discussed about pull mode respirometry and the way that the system is designed. We've had someone also ask about, you know, if they were to have a concern about the type of air that was basically entering the cage, how would one go about regulating that? Is it possible to regulate it? Absolutely possible to regulate it. The, the way that you would handle that is to put the animal into... Typically, you know, a temperature cabinet or a climate cabinet, and mm -hmm. then regulate the concentrations, if you wish to, within the cabinet. Okay. And so it That's very easily done. For example, you can very easily manipulate the oxygen concentration within the cabinet. Okay, perfect. Okay, one, one final question. What about waste output? So urine and feces, if one needed to measure this in their protocol? Right. So, for example, um, in order to get fully quantitative urine recovery, there's essentially no alternative to using a metabolic cage. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we all know those ones where the animal is on um, a grid, basically, and the urine and feces are separated and captured completely quantitatively. Mm-hmm. Now, we actually have a very good relationship with a um, metabolic cage manufacturer, Heteros Instruments, and we have converted their cage very simply to be compatible with our system. It essentially just means a different lid on their cage. Okay. And so you can measure the metabolic rate of an animal in a metabolic cage and get fully quantitative urine and feces recovery to the extent that you can also even measure, you know, metabolite concentrations and what have you in the urine. Now, you can do some of this in the cage. You can certainly look at the total fecal output, for example. You can quantify fecal pellet sizes and what have you in the cage. It is certainly possible to use the cage without bedding, and we have a wire mesh floor which can be used in place of the bedding, and then simply putting blotting paper, bibulous paper, under that, you can, to some extent, get quantitative information on urine output as well. You can also get information on urine output to some extent by back calculating, thanks to the fact that you have the overall water output of the animal. So you can look at the water intake, you can look at the hydration of the food, You can look at the metabolic water production. In this particular case, you need to know the food composition to calculate the metabolic water production. That gives you the total input, and so you can measure urine and feces output that way as well. But essentially, in order to do this really properly, you pretty much have to go to a metabolic cage. Okay. But yeah, so then the blending of these two technologies, you have done this, so it's certainly capable. Oh, yes, absolutely. Activity measurements in the metabolic cage, too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. For the full webinar, please see the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you next time.